I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is an entertainment podcast and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hi. And today, we're going to learn about casseroles and fidget toys. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Oh, it's casseroles. I read yeah. that, I read that as something different. And what did you read it as? I read it as capsizing. Oh. Which is like what happens to boats when they take on too much water. Um, yeah, kind of like the uh the uh you know what I'm talking about. What's its name? You can do it. <laughs> the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that's what happens with the Titanic. It capsized. And speaking of boats in dangerous, treacherous waters. I spoke with Aurora, friend of the show Aurora, last night, and uh, we're going to Antarctica. Oh, you're going to go with Aurora? Uh, yeah, not like right away. It's going to take a little bit because like I need to save up and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you should come with us. I absolutely want to go to Antarctica. They have an art show there every two years. Yeah, I got to like save up for it, though, because the cost to go is like a it's year a, of it's rent. It's a lot. It's like yeah. a year of rent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how are you going to survive? It's 32 degrees there on a good day. I know. And I thought about that and I hate the cold, but um, there's penguins. So is this why you were asking me if we could get a pet penguin yesterday? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, they poop a lot. Yeah, but they're so cute. But, But they poop a lot. So does Bun. Yeah, but, like, they poop more than that. So do dogs. But penguins poop a lot. Well, fertilizer. That is true. Oh, that should be a topic. Oh, like the, Yeah, it should thing, be, it should be. The whole penguin poop gold rush, like, in the early 1900s. Yeah. I think um, you should do that one. I might. We'll see. Well, anyway, let's talk about casseroles love casseroles do you okay well i was gonna ask you that but like first what's a casserole um it's a dish that's usually a gobbledygook of ingredients uh but there's usually flour in there anything else sometimes there's vegetables okay and it's usually high fat it can be A casserole technically is the wide pot or bowl meant to be used in an oven. Oh, so it's like a, like a cooking implement? Yeah, technically. Huh. All right. 
And so in English, how do you differentiate between the food casserole and the cooking apparatus? Um, I believe I thought it was called a casserole dish, like the implement. Yeah, you can say casserole dish or casserole pan and then just call the food itself casserole. Like Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Exactly. Casserole and casserole monster. Exactly. Happy Halloween. It's very exciting. Me too. You said you like casseroles. What kind of casserole do you like? I think I've only ever had one kind of casserole because like we're not a big casserole family at my place. I've had a green bean casserole. Well, okay. You're going to be rebutted in a few minutes. Is a green bean casserole not a green bean casserole? It is. Are there multiple kinds of casseroles? Don't tell me Stromboli is a casserole. I'll lose my mind. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. It's like a, well, let's save it for later. Yeah. I really like, I also really like casseroles. I think my favorite kind is mac and cheese. Oh, there's a mac and cheese casserole? Well, any is kind ma- of baked mac and cheese baked in a dish is a casserole. Whack. And also kugel. I love kugel. I think that's technically a casserole. I've never had kugel. You should try it. I'm sure I should. Yeah. There's like sweet kugel and savory kugel. I have a very close-minded palate. Yeah, you do. (laughs) But kugel is pretty agreeable. Like, especially if you have the savory one, like, there's no reason not to like it, in my opinion. But there are people who hate kugel. So what do I know? I'm not a kugel hater. I'm just a kugel skeptic. You just got to try it. Just, you know, come to like a shiva and there will probably be some kugel and you'll get to try it. Maybe I had a kugel when I was like younger. And it's like, possible. Well, because like my my stepmother, my ex-stepmother was Jewish. So I've had like I had like some like, I, I was exposed to latkes surprisingly early in my life for someone who isn't Jewish. Latkes are a magical food. Latkes are amazing. Hanukkah is almost overlapping with Thanksgiving again this year. doesn't overlap with my birthday, though. So sad. It doesn't? I don't think so. I, I think it ends on December 5th this year. Oh. Um... I love it when Hanukkah overlaps with my birthday. Oh, you know what? You're wait, are you because it starts on the 28th. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I also love it when it overlaps with your birthday. Because <laughs> then you get extra candles. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but but like I send you pictures. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have you ever made casserole? I don't think I've ever made a casserole that I knew was a casserole because from what you're saying it sounds like there's a lot more things that are counted as casserole than I had anticipated oh yes is apple crisp a casserole I feel like you could make the argument that it is okay I didn't make mine in a casserole dish though I made it in like a disposable tin um I think it still counts because you can make casserole in disposable tins. Then I have made one casserole and it was an apple crisp from the apples we got from apple picking. Yay. 
I have also made a lot of different casseroles in my day. Actually, during high school, I would say I made a lot of casseroles for dinner. Except I never did any of the like classic American ones that you think of like cream of soup and canned vegetables. Like, well, I mean, that's what green bean casserole is. Just sounds, yeah, I guess. But yeah. I'm biased because like green bean casserole is the best casserole. Uh, hard disagree. I will fight to the death, just like how I will fight to the death for Boca Burgers. I will fight to the death for Green I never control. fought you on Boca Burgers. I don't know why that needs to be a thing. I'm so used to just having to defend them, okay? So it's like <laughs> I'm predisposed to like being defensive about them. I have eaten them, and I'm sure I will eat them again. I just don't buy them. Boca Burger hate is not welcome here. Boca Burger hate is not welcome anywhere. I love Boca Burgers. You should make a casserole with them. Ew. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Yeah, like a lot of the casseroles that I've made in the past have either been some type of mac and cheese or like some kind of pasta with like, I would make like a bechamel and mm. then add, or not necessarily, like sometimes a bechamel, I would do some kind of cream sauce or other times I would make like a, like a chicken stock gravy to put on everything and then there would always be like vegetables mixed in and sometimes like a breadcrumb topping Ooh, fancy yeah I would throw in pretty much anything and it was usually pretty good yeah like chicken like chicken like leftover chicken rest is pretty good in it um yeah what is the oldest known casserole recipe okay like casseroles have to go way back yeah you know, like, it's just, like, chucking things in a dish and sticking it into the oven. Mm-hmm. That must go back for centuries, if not millennia. hmm Ooh, okay. So I'm going to guess there's one from 2,500 years ago. But, like, what's the recipe? Oh, um, ch- ch- chicken. Um... Uh, <laughs> uh, Mm, corn and perhaps some flour and oil time to get rebutted okay. <laughs> so you're right that the oldest known casserole recipe is really old uh-huh. it's from 1250 oh Probably from the Rome area because the recipe was written in Latin. Interesting. And it was basically a type of mac and cheese made of (laughs) pasta sheets, grated cheese, and mild spices. Oh, that sounds lovely. It does, right? And what were other early casseroles like? Um, It's probably like a basis of carbohydrate. Sorry. Carbohydrate. <laughs> that was my phone. <laughs> Carbohydrate, dairy, spices. Yeah, kind of. Like the really old ones were pounded and pressed rice, rice filled with meat. Oh, like a like a savory mochi. Yeah, like a savory mochi. When did American style casseroles become a thing? 1705. It started around the 1870s. Okay. What exactly is an American-style casserole? Like, we kind of touched on this, and you pretty much got it, but let's just revisit it. 
oh, um, flour and dairy and spices? Kind of, yeah. It's generally a protein and chopped or canned vegetables and starch, such as potatoes, pasta, or flour, sometimes with added extra liquid like chicken stock or wine or whatever. And then it's all baked together, sometimes with a crunchy or cheesy topping. Yeah, in my mind, that is the standard casserole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a very American style casserole. And sometimes people mix it up with a stew, but a casserole is like thicker than a stew. Yeah, it has at least two C's worth of thick in it. Yeah, exactly. But what's an English Commonwealth style casserole? Okay, okay. I might actually know this. I is think you when, might. Is it when like the casserole goop is enveloped in like of a like a flour crust? Are you talking about a pot pie right now? I'm talking about a mince pie right now. Which is it? I mean, okay. Is it a casserole though? Uh, I would argue that it's not. I would argue that it is. Well, okay. Well, let's get let's get to the definition of what an English Commonwealth style casserole is first. Okay. It's meat and vegetables and a gravy sauce with a large proportion of starch, such as pasta or potatoes, and those that are cooked in creamy sauces are generally called bakes instead of casserole. Interesting. Okay, so here's my argument that the mince pie is a casserole. Keeping in mind that a shepherd's pie is like an English Commonwealth casserole. Yes. Okay. Okay, so mince pies usually have like beef. It's I think it's usually beef, beef and vegetables. And like when they're cooked down, like a sort of gravy kind of forms, I believe, or like I think liquids put in there like before it bakes into the like into the crust and because it's enveloped in like a flour shell that's the excessive amount of starch that you were talking about i i see where you're going i disagree because in the name it's a pie not a casserole but and mac and cooked- cheese is a mac and cheese but it's a casserole Yes, a mac and cheese is a type of casserole, where a pie is a pastry. But is a pot pie a casserole? I don't think so, because it's cooked in a pie dish. What if it was like an, what if it was like an open-faced pot pie where just the top is shaved off? Is there a bottom crust? Yes. I think it's still a pie. Okay, what if the bottom is gone, but only the top remains? Yeah, same deal. That's 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 a pastry. I don't think that's a casserole. I disagree. I think it's just a casserole in a delightful carbohydrate pouch. Um I love pie as much as anybody. The listeners at home, do you think pot pies and mince pies are casseroles or pies or something else? Let us know. Yeah, let us know at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. Is lasagna a casserole? Oh no, don't come for me like this. I told you we were going to get to this point. I'm going to have to say yes because of that first casserole uh, recipe you said. It was basically a lasagna. Yeah, it was like a cross between a lasagna and a mac and cheese. No, no, no. Yeah, lasagna is a casserole and this is not up for debate. Why? Why is it not up for debate? Because it's literally a casserole. 
I don't believe you. Oh, so lasagna gets to be casserole and mince pies don't? No. Lasagna is its own thing. I think lasagna is a savory cake. (laughs) (laughs) It has layers with stuff in between. And you cook it in a pan and then you slice and serve. That's also true of mince pie. Boom! Mince pie is a cake. (laughs) (laughs) Lasagna is a casserole. I don't want to hear it. Okay. How did American style casseroles come to be? Okay. Um, I feel like that has something to do with like a scarcity of ingredients and you just have to use what use what you have and make do. Yeah, you could say that. Um, generally at the beginning of it, lightweight oven proof pans became available where they weren't before, as well as the Campbell's cream of soup lines. Oh, people get creative with that Campbell's. They did. And in fact, Campbell's heavily marketed their cream of soups in the 1950s as casserole ingredients. And this really helped casseroles explode. Yeah. A lot of soup, like a lot of soup being added to casserole as like an ingredient and not like an just eat it as is. Yeah, that's like a very much American style thing. Whack. And that's the style that like I've never made. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I realize it's really easy to just open up a cream of can and like add it to some vegetables and bake it. But I don't know, this like kind of grosses me out. Like if it was put in front of me, I would eat it. But mm-hmm. I'm not about to do that. I'm pretty sure like the green bean casserole that my family makes does have like a Campbell's cream of whatever put into it. Oh yeah. It's classic. It's probably cream of mushroom. No, it's not cream of mushroom because I would know. Would you? Yes, absolutely. My mushroom detection skills are off the charts. Mushrooms deserve to die. Maybe it's a cream of cheddar soup. I believe that. It could be. Ask your mom. But yeah. Um, that's an American style casserole and we can thank Campbell's for making it explode in the second wave in the 1950s. Huh. I don't feel like Campbell's needs a thank you. They're doing just fine without us. We can thank Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol was a pompous. Yeah, he was. (laughs) And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do you struggle with casserole acceptance? Do you choose to believe that a pie is a casserole? <laughs> we interrupt this bias sponsorship with rapid fire. All right. <laughs> this is how this is going to work. I'm going to give Rachel one minute. To answer as many questions as possible. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it wrong. And mince, po- mince pies are actually casserole. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. What is a praline? It's it's like pecan and it's candied. What well, other than humans, name one animal that doesn't have a tail. Uh, <laughs> um, 
worm. <laughs> what does HTML stand for? Hot topic media laughter. Can you lose enough blood to pass out during your period? Yes. What is the capital of Israel? Tel Aviv. How long does hair take to decompose? 10 years. Can you get a tattoo with regular pen ink? I guess so. How old is the oldest person alive as of this recording? 107. How much is an ounce of gold worth as of this recording? Uh, $100. All right, out of time. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do you struggle with casserole acceptance? Do you believe pie is a casserole? Do you refuse to believe that lasagna is a casserole? Then you need cognitive behavioral casserole acceptance. Cognitive behavioral casserole acceptance, or CBCA, will help you come to accept that a casserole is a casserole and a pie is a pie. Improve your life. Improve your self-esteem. Get rid of those negative beliefs and come to understand and accept that a casserole is a casserole. Simply call up your practitioner, cognitive behavioral casserole acceptance, and pay your insurance premium. Live a better life. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Hey Paige, welcome back. Hi. Did you get your cognitive behavioral casserole acceptance? No, I had to distance myself from that sponsorship. How come? Because I have cognitive casserole dissonance. And cognitive casserole distortions. Yes. You know what fixes that? What? A fidget toy. Wow. Those of you can't see this, Paige is holding a red fidget spinner. And playing with it, because I it may not be 2017 anymore, but I still love this thing. It is cute. Thank you. So what's a fidget toy? A fidget toy is a toy that you fidget with and it makes you happy. Yeah, that's true. It's a tool for self-regulation and they come in different sizes, shapes, and textures. I, despite having a couple of fidget toys in front of me, I'm just using a paper clip. Yeah, I was using my tweezers earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what exactly do fidget toys help with? Um, I believe it helps with, like, if you're a person that needs to, like, be doing something with your hands at all times. Like, it's a more non-intrusive form of, like, alleviating that. Uh, can help focus, I think. And for me, it's just fun texture. Yeah, it can help you focus. It can also help with attention, anxiety, and active listening. Yeah, and like they come in different textures, like you said, because sometimes people need a texture and it helps. Yeah, I am certainly a texture person. So I was going to ask if you have any fidget toys, but clearly you do. Do you have any others besides the fidget spinner? I do, actually. I have these like wooden balls oh yeah that make like a fun i'm holding it to the mic clacky clacky sound Mm -hmm. and they're nice and smooth and cold and it feels nice on my hands yeah and do they help you 
Yes, they do. I also have fidget toys right now. I have a fidget cube, which I'm holding up to the camera right now, which you can see it, but listeners, you cannot. Um, It is, if you've never seen a fidget cube, the one I'm holding has a joystick, like on a controller. It has, one side has four buttons. Two of them make a sound like this, but the other two don't. One of them is just a fun texture. Uh, There's another side that has three sort of like spinny wheel things and one side has like a spinning disc with fun textures on it which can also click Ooh! and one side is a it's like a light switch and it makes a fun sound oh yeah the light switch ones are my favorite I like it a lot I just it's unfortunate because it's not silent Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I also have thinking putty oh yeah i've played with that before yeah it's a lot like silly putty but there's more of it and it comes in more fun colors and stuff like mine is color changing i was shocked by how much these fidget toys helped me get through the remainder of pandemic zoom graduate school lordy (laughs) yeah like i was like really struggling with focusing like most people were during online school and I was like, what do I do? And then I got these fidget toys and they like really helped. I was like really, really surprised. And I like looking back on it, I wish I had fidget toys in elementary school because I was such a fidgeter and my teachers would just get mad at me instead of recognizing that I needed something. Yeah, there wouldn't be so much dang drawing on the desk if I had a fidget spinner, Marsha. Marsha. Miss Marsha, because you're my teacher. Yeah, like I was constantly playing in my desk, like making all these weird little contraptions and like breaking apart pens. And I was doing anything possible. And if I just had a fidget spinner, like probably half of that would have gone away. I know it's too bad. Like fidget toys didn't become mainstream till like 2016. Yeah, like they were they've been a thing for a long time, but really only in like special ed classrooms. Do fidget toys actually help kids learn? I don't know if they necessarily help you learn, but it definitely helps. Like, like we said, if you're a person that like needs like something to do with their hands or else it's like you lose your focus. I think it helps like that. It helps keep focus. Yeah, like it's kind of controversial, but some studies do actually seem to show improvement on like test scores, but none of them have actually proven to treat ADHD, which is what fidget toys are sort of originally meant for, but not exactly. I don't view them as like a treatment. I view them more as like, not an augmentation, but it's like something to help alleviate it. Yeah. And it's controversial as to whether it actually helps alleviate But some studies show that, like, they might. So do fidget toys stay effective over time? I guess it depends on, like, how your brain develops. Because, like, maybe you were a fun texture kind of person when you were little, but you evolved into a not fun texture kind of person as you were older. So the fun textures don't do it for you anymore. Yeah, that's kind of true. It 
it's and it's sort of true that they stay effective over time. It's recommended that you swap out toys for other fidget toys because one toy seems to lose its effectiveness after a certain point. Hmm. Interesting. And I, I definitely find that to be true. Like sometimes I'll just wear myself out on the fidget cube and switch to the putty. It's good to have multiple tools in your arsenal. It's true. Can you name and dis- and or describe different types of fidget toys? Okay, well, we've gone over a few. Yeah. I mean, those might just be like the brand names. <laughs> yeah, like you can either say some brand names or you can just like say the type of fidget toy. I mostly didn't include brand names. I tried to just include types for the most part. Okay, okay well, there's the pu- there's the types of putties. Mm-hmm. There's the types of spinners. There's like uh, stress toys. I don't know if that necessarily counts, but like where you squish them and it's like, ooh, squishy. So you keep doing it. There's like the clicky ones. There's like the clacky ones. There's got to be more than that. There's a lot. Magnets. And that's it. Yeah. Okay, so there's fidget spinners. There's also fidget fans, which those are for people with restless legs instead of restless hands. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you can actually put them around the legs like of a of a school chair at a desk. Mm -hmm. I think it's meant for kids mostly. And you can like mess with that while still sitting in your seat. (laughs) That feels like it could potentially be a fire hazard. Maybe. I feel like, like I wish I had one of those because I was just like, I was both a hands and legs kind of kid. I feel like your legs would have been too short to reach the band. I was actually just thinking that, but <laughs> you can move it up the legs, it seems oh, like. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there's also bubble poppers and oh. marble fidgets, infinity well, cubes. What? I, I think like my wooden thing is kind of like a marble fidget. Can I see it? That is actually called a tangle. Tangle fidget. Yeah, that's a tangle. A marble fidget, the most, uh, there's different types of marble fidgets, but the most simple type is literally just a marble inside of like a piece of fabric, and then you can move the marble back and forth. Ooh, fun. Yeah. But can your tangle fidget do this? (laughs) I don't own a tangle fidget. Now he's anal beads. Wow. <laughs> There's also fidget cubes. And you're right. Stress balls are a type of fidget toy. All right. And of course, different types of putties. Yeah. What were the original fidget toys? I feel like it was probably like a sack of sand. They were actually boating balls from China. Ooh. In 1368. Love it. Me too. I love you. <gasps> wow. wow how were stress balls invented there was some dude and he worked on a boat and his job was to haul sand into the boat via bag no not sand flour because he worked on a cargo ship that it was before Vespucci was a thing. So I had to go all the way around Africa. So he had time to come up with this perfect invention. 
And so he, there he was, he was hauling flour and then God forbid the bag ripped one day and then it scattered flour all over the deck. And obviously the captain was not happy. He said, pick up this flour right now. And there's like, but sir, I'm out of big bags. And he said, well, now you have to use little bags. So he got a bunch of little bags. He started putting the flour back into the little bags. And then he noticed, wow, when it's in the little bags and I can squeeze it in my hand, this is fun. And I'm going to make a career out of this. So once he got back, home after his voyage he started marketing flour in little bags to the children on the street and they loved them and they brought them home to their parents and then everyone was doing the flour in the bag technique and so he quit his job on the cargo ship and his captain misses him to this day thank you for that fabulous story you're welcome in reality stress falls were actually just based on boating balls I believe that. Yeah, but I like your version a lot more. My, my story did take place on a boat, so it I did. think I get partial credit. Can we assume that this flower that you're talking about had, like, pests in it? Because yes. it was on a boat back in the day? Yes. Okay, just wanted to be clear. And, but it's like, yeah. if, you, if you squeeze the bag enough, you kill the pests, so it's okay. True. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, when did fidget spinners get popular? Oh, like 2016, 2017. Yeah, 2017 is like, that was the year for it. I was working in the daycare that year. And like the amount of fidget spinners we had to confiscate was like insane. Why did you (laughs) confiscate them? Okay, because they were spinning them at like maximum speed and they would like chase their friends around with it and like crash it into like their like faces and their hands and stuff and like for a child that really hurts on impact (laughs) it's like getting hit with a Beyblade and so we would incredible we would have to take them away and so like during like their nap time I was just sitting there with like four fidget spinners so I would I would play with them while the kids were asleep (laughs) I would like double fist them wow (laughs) and then did you give them to the parents at the end of the day yeah and what did the parents say were any of them like upset that you took them away no they were like oh yeah I guess they have been a little rowdy and I guess we we got them the fidget spinner so they would calm down but I guess they used it for evil I'm like yeah kids do that that's amazing (laughs) well that about does it for this episode of research rebuttal podcast you can find us on social media, on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Instagram and Facebook at Research Rebel Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at uh, researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what's your favorite fidget toy and is lasagna a casserole? And what, do you, deem, what do you deem to be casserole in general? Lasagna is not a legitimate answer. Yeah. What other casseroles have you made? And um, you can email the American Citrus Council at americancitruscouncil at gmail.com and let them know that I ate a tangelo yesterday. And as delicious as it was, it's not nearly as delicious as if they were sponsoring us. I quit citrus altogether because of them. You are stronger than I. I know. Well, thanks for listening. 
Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.